This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. This is Sports Charlotte, the podcast, weekly podcast about sports in Charlotte. I am Herb White, editor-in-chief of the Charlotte Post, and this young fellow over here is... Cameron Williams. Ah, yes. We're back for another week of... Mischief, mayhem, and malfeasance. How, how many straight weeks is this we've done this now? Cause, Five, uh, six, somewhere in there. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's over a month now because I know we we try to make it a point to do one at least once a week mm-hmm. fit our wild, crazy journalistic yeah. schedules together. But we're yes. making it happen. Yeah, we, like we really have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday, January 19, 2024, and donuts were delivered to the office today. I had one. It, it was Duncan. Man. So, you know, I, I not, said. Not the good Krispy Kreme stuff. Huh? Oh, Krispy Kreme all the way every day. Every day. That's what I'm about. Yeah. I, I was hoping that you would disagree with that, but uh, I, no, I see we're, we're, we're all the same thing on that one. <laughs> now, any of you listeners out there, if. You are not necessarily on Team Krispy Kreme. Go back to the north. <laughs> or, or at least weigh in, you know. And, and what, what makes Duncan so special to you? I will say, I, Duncan, I like Duncan's it. coffee options are better. I'll give Duncan the coffee. Well, if you go on donuts, we, we got to stay Krispy Kreme. But before we get on the food rabbit trail. Yeah. Uh, let's not do that. <laughs> this is the... This is a sports podcast, then we can have food fights all day, every day, too. Uh, but another busy week in Charlotte, uh, things that are happening. So let's just touch on stuff that's happening right now. The Hornets and San Antonio get together tonight at Spectrum Center. Uh, neither team is really lighting up the NBA <laughs> for <Absolutely>. obvious reasons. <laughs> and... The news that has people talking around here is Victor Wembanyama, the top pick in last year's NBA draft, will not play, um, and that's disappointing. And this is his only, well, this is the Spurs' only visit to Charlotte, so that has people feeling bummed. Are you feeling bummed? I'm very bummed because... I mean, if you're if you don't follow the news, if you're not you know a local, um, you're seeing this matchup on you know your NBA ESPN thread. You're like, oh, you know, number one, number two pick squared off. Well, neither of them will be playing. <laughs> it's like it loses its luster just like that. It's like okay, yeah, Lamelo Ball, Miles Bridges, woohoo! You know, you got Vassell and Trey Jones and Kelvin Johnson for the Spurs, and it's like yeah, okay, great. Yeah, no but, yeah, but that's still two teams that haven't broken double digits in terms of wins this year. True. It's I a, mean, but just having having a talent like Wimbanyama and even a talent like Miller, it still adds luster and, you know, uh, I guess a sense of urgency to see it because it is two generational talent. So I say generational talent with Wimbanyama. I'm not so sure about Miller yet, but... He's pretty good, though. He, he's he's definitely pretty good. But watch, watching Wimbanyama to do what he does, you know, watching him just a few weeks ago against the Bucks, goes behind the back off a dribble move like a guard, and then goes up and posterizes Brooke Lopez like, wow. It, it, it just he dabbles. He, he really does. And 
it's like you and I were saying earlier, if he can put on a little weight, <laughs> the, the sky's the limit for that young man. Yeah, not just weight. It needs to be muscle. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Not <laughs> cracking on my guy, but not, not Zion weight. Giannis <laughs> Antetokounmpo uh, weight. Yeah, that put on some... Put on some structure. There you go. And uh, I guess the irony here is when the season got underway, schedule came out, you could see those parallels to the NFL where Bryce Young was taking number one, C.J. Stroud number two. They got together on the field and somehow the Panthers managed to win. (laughs) And so... To me, that would be the only thing that would make this worth watching. I mean, you know, Victor Wimbanyama, okay, yeah, he, he he is a very good player. Is he generational? I guess we'll have to wait for the generation to go through first because I don't necessarily ascribe greatness to folks before they've even had a chance to get up and running halfway decent. You know, he's yeah. still in the very early stages. He's learning stuff. And, yeah, he's got physical talent, and that's all great. But think about it. What was it, two, three years ago? Folks were saying the same thing about Zion Williamson. He just, the thing with Zion, you know, I've said it to many people, and not only just in my friend groups, but, you know, other people just, he just, he got to the NBA, and he just, he kind of, I don't know if he just thought to himself, well, now it's just going to come natural, but you still see him when he plays. I mean, the dude's a walking bucket. Still shooting good percentages, still right around that 20-point-per-game mark. But it's all about can he stay healthy enough for an entire season to be able to play. And I, I, I fear that we could be talking about the same thing with Wim Benyama. If he doesn't put on that muscle and doesn't, because he's on a minutes restriction. He has been now since he twisted his ankle, what, almost a month ago. Yeah. So that's the thing. is So somebody's generational – this year, next year, there will be another generational talent. So The only I mean, generational talents, I think, that are in the NBA right now are Giannis and Luka. Those two guys. They are a cut they, above. They dazzle every time I watch. Any, any time a game's on TV that Milwaukee or the Mavericks are playing, I try to tune in if I can because they're special. Is Steph Curry generational? I, yeah, I think he's on the back end of his generation, per se. He's still got plenty of good years left, but as far as dominant MVP 2016-type stuff, I think he's definitely I mean, but he there. has been at yes. one point. Yeah. Okay. And LeBron as well, Kobe. Um, but it, and that's another thing. Talking about Wimbenyama coming into the draft this past year, it's like he's you know, got all these expectations. He's the highest, highest sought-after recruit you know, since LeBron James and all that stuff. And I'm like... That's a lot of pressure on a kid. Well, it, he seems to at least, at least in his public persona and pronouncements, he's handling it very well. And, you know, good for him because it's not yeah. every day that an 18, 19-year-old can. Because a good chunk of them will be headed for the exit the first time a microphone got shoved in front of their face. Well, I think he's already a step ahead of, you know, say players like Giannis is just... I mean, the guy's seven four, and he can shoot the three at a pretty decent clip. Like, yeah. I mean, you're almost. I mean, I know not literally, but it's almost like you're shooting down. I mean, you're you're that tall, and then by the time you raise your arms up and go to shoot, 
you're you're not shooting up very much. Yeah, he's defying a lot of stuff. You know, maybe next week he'll defy gravity too while he's at it. But he's, he has the potential. But let's see his generation move through first before. So you got one in this game. Hmm. I'm gonna take the Hornets. I, I would, too. I think Wimbenyama's impact on the Spurs right now is so much greater than Miller's with the Hornets. When when the Hornets have LaMelo available, when they're still playing Bridges and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think Wimbenyama's impact for his team is vastly different and vastly um, just just that much more for San Antonio. So, yeah, I think Charlotte wins this one. And I, I dare say they probably win it comfortably. Well, if they're going to win, they might want to pick today because tomorrow Philadelphia comes to town, and that's a cat of a totally different color. Talk about generation. I think MB is well on his way if he ain't already there. I mean, mm-hmm. MB's another one. It's just coming out of college, watching him in Kansas is like, he ain't nothing else. Because, I mean, Wiggins was the talk of that team. But then you get to the NBA, and it's just like MB just starts taking off, and Wiggins kind of finds his little niche as a role player. And it's mm-hmm. just, yeah. You'd have never thought, really. Yeah, but especially after he started to navigate those injuries that set him back early. So once Joel Embiid got healthy and could stay healthy, that's when the shine really came out. So Add a little bit of weight. Add a little bit of weight. You know, need some muscle <laughs> to take that beating. Yeah. Uh, so let's stick with basketball of a different – kind uh collegiate basketball charlotte 49ers men and women are still moving along at a pretty decent pace the men's uh program four wins in a row that they've ripped off and dare say they're starting to feel themselves yeah just a little bit i mean you know my talks with uh lakai patterson uh recently he was very honest. I know we said it last week, but he was he was blatantly just like we were we've been trying to figure each other out and I think once they have and you know, they still they still are, but I think they have to a degree to where they're just they're getting comfortable with one another. And that that's such a crucial part, especially in college basketball, just because you're you're at a time in your life where you just I mean, I don't even know really how to put it into words because just being able to trust, you know, your teammates and when you got guys coming in from the transfer portal, being able to trust them and stuff like that is so crucial. And, I mean, you talk about a 20, they were down 20 to Rice on the road and they come back to win that game. Last year, you're down 20. You start seeing some people clear out of the hall and <laughs> Now, this year, if they have a you know deficit or something in the second half, you might see people stick around because they've proven they can – Mount comebacks. Yeah. And so we're a little bit, we have a little bit more than a month left in the season. What does this group need to do to keep moving upward and forward? Hmm. Is there a missing ingredient that they still haven't quite tapped into? Or is it just a matter now of being able to replicate what's been going on the last couple of weeks or so? I think consistency is a big thing um, with any team that's you know trying to continue to uh, improve in their conference and ultimately win their conference. But just uh, you say missing ingredient, I don't know what would be missing per se. But 
I think it comes down to fine-tuning. Um, this is a point in the season where if you're trying to overhaul, you <laughs> forget it. Um, I just think, you know, some fine-tuning, and you, you might not face those, you know, large deficits like they had against Rice. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see how that works out. They're playing uh, at home uh, Saturday. And so, you know. Avail yourself of some 49ers hoops. Next subject is football. And no, we're not going to talk about the Panthers because they're still in the midst of doing whatever it is they're trying to do to get a general manager and a head coach in place. Um, But the college football landscape locally uh, had a distinct seismic shift uh, in the last week with the acknowledgement that uh, Quiveris Crouch, who led Harding to the 2017 4A state championship, was enrolled at Johnson C. Smith, which when I heard about it, I was like, John, get up off the floor because <laughs> it... That's, that's big yeah, never would have thought. Uh, and he's the first five-star recruit uh, ever recruited uh, to Smith, uh, which, you know, as everybody who knows, uh, who's been around for any amount of time, knows that Smith is not necessarily equated to winning football. But uh, Coach Maurice Flowers, uh, who is now in his third year, that is a major get. So I think that uh, when you look at where that program is headed, Crouch may be the missing link to them actually challenging Fayetteville State for the uh, Southern Division title next year. To say it was a big get would almost be short-selling it. Um, talking about an athlete like Crouch is uh, – but, you know, five-star out of high school, we, we, we know all the numbers, but just to watch him play was something that if, you know, listeners remember or ever saw him play in high school, he was different on so many levels. I mean, his his speed for someone at his weight was different. His, his power for someone at the running back position was different. He just, he had the power of a lineman in the, with the speed of a corner. I mean, it was... It was something that was so fun to watch, and you know, I, I consider Crouch a pretty good friend. And you know, there's going to be a story coming out about him uh, talking about his journey through, you know, college to this point, and just um, he, he's got a powerful story to tell. And so, you know, I won't dive too much into that, but just he, he's excited to be playing the uh, the game he loves again and be able to uh, utilize the gifts that God's given him to uh, to play again. Mm. Now, keep in mind, he's not played football in the last two years. Uh, he started at Tennessee as a linebacker. You know, why he was recruited as a linebacker after seeing him play running back is beyond me, but hey. Well, he wasn't, he wasn't recruited as a linebacker. He went, he, the story behind that is he actually classified himself as an athlete. And so there was no definitive uh you know, what he was going to play in college. Um, obviously, running back was a position that he was most known to have played. But he did play a little both ways in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, Had 14 sacks in a season. Yeah, not, not too shabby. Yeah. And so, 
he, you know, there was some things that he, he talked with uh, his coaches at Tennessee about, and he just he felt as it was if his in his best interest to uh, to move to linebacker. And, um, now he wants to get back to uh, to his roots of playing running back. What made him famous to start with? Yeah. And I think that uh, if you're the Golden Bulls, or you follow the Golden Bulls, that's why you should be excited because this dude is like 6'2", 237, and... If he's anywhere close to what he was in high school, he's going to be trouble for defenses in the CIAA. And, you know, you can load the box if you like, but you're still going to have to make a business decision when he comes downhill. And, that, and the people I've talked with for the story, they, they say the exact same thing. It was like his former coach in high school, Sam Griner, um, now at West Charlotte, he, he's like, he had never seen someone that just struck fear in opponents like Crouch did. He's like, for people that were on the team, you know, they were like they were like family. But you get out there on the field, and it's like you what you just said. And Sam said the exact same thing. You had to make a business decision on whether you wanted to tackle him or not. Yeah, because it was going to be a fight. Yeah, and if, if you're Smith, uh, you're also making the transition to a new quarterback, a new starting quarterback. Uh, in 2024 and there's competition there as well and so what better security blanket your quarterback has you've got 237 pounds behind you you just have to turn around and give them the ball and so uh, but the Golden Bulls they got the 74 last year based on defense and not turning the ball over on offense you add this dude to your backfield you've got a special weapon there. Can't wait to see spring ball for that matter because yeah. it hasn't right around the corner. And does he still have those abilities after three years at Tennessee and Michigan State playing linebacker? Can he make that transition back to running back? And how will uh, Maurice Flowers utilize him at Smith? Lots of answers still out there to be determined, but you know. Can't wait to see how that all turns out. I think the acclimation period, you know, the well, reacclimation period, uh, excuse me, it, it'll take a little bit of time. But with an athlete like him, and the thing is, he has never gotten out of shape. The man, I've, I've spoke with him recently, and you know, I've seen him recently. <laughs> he is chiseled, and his arms are as big as most people's thighs. I mean, he, he is a absolute building in a laboratory kind of guy um, yeah. huge, huge get like I said that's almost selling it short but I can't wait to see him out there yeah and it's not like coach flowers doesn't know what it's like to coach a back in that mold who goes on to something special on Sundays because Emmanuel Wilson uh, who is now a running back with the Green Bay Packers um Coach Flowers uh, coached him for three years at Fort Valley State. So he knows what that looks like. And this dude is a step ahead of Emmanuel Wilson. I'll throw that out there now. Emmanuel was a beast. But this dude is like, you know, 15 pounds heavier, probably a step faster. That's that's a lot of man out there playing running back. Yeah. We'll see. It'll, it'll be really fun to watch. Um just knowing the caliber of player he is and honestly just the, the caliber of person. 
you know, in talking with Coach Flowers, he's just he's excited to not only have him as a part of the team, but for him to be able to continue his educational journey and earn that degree that you know he he spent time in school. It's, uh, he's earned it, and uh, he'll he will earn it. Got two years of eligibility left, um, so the Golden Bulls are in good hands. I'd say for the next two years for sure. Well, we'll see about all that. Can't wait to see how that turns out. Uh, before we wrap. Anything else you're looking forward to this weekend or over the next week? Looking forward to the Buffalo and Kansas City game. Mmm. It's going to be Chili. It's going to be Josh. It's going to be Patrick. Yeah. And that game's in in Buffalo. In Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Buffalo's already sent out, you know, their their stadium staff's already sent out a thing saying, hey, we'll pay you to come shovel snow again. That's the biggest joke I think I've ever heard. Well, now, if you were going to pay folks in attendance to shovel snow, it's like, okay, you shovel snow, you get into the game. What would that turnout look like? No. You got to, <laughs> they couldn't do that because the people that already bought tickets wouldn't be able to get in. Um, I'm sure they shovel snow, too. But I'm looking forward to this game for multiple reasons. Um, I, I just, I play off my homes is just a different different animal. Um it's not being played at Kansas City. Um, the last time these two teams met in the playoffs, it was before the uh, before the whole rule about you know field goal or whatever in overtime. You know, wins the game automatically. Mm-hmm. Both teams getting a chance to possess it because um, you know in the fourth quarter alone, I think both teams put up a combined four, or, uh, fourteen points on each side, so twenty eight points, and it's like now that both teams will have a chance to possess the ball in overtime. You know, Mahomes just can't get it down there to uh, Harrison Butker's range and kick a little field goal to win it. I, I think that adds a whole different dynamic to a football game. Um, it, it changes uh, schematics and what, what teams try to do, what plays they try to call if they do possess the ball first. Um, but I just, yeah, that that's the game I've got circled. Um, I, I think Baltimore wins comfortably. I tend to think uh, Detroit wins comfortably, even though the Bucks did play very, very mm-hmm. well against the struggling Eagles team. Well, yeah. I just I think Detroit's going to win that game pretty easily. Um, but for sure, Buffalo-Kansas City, that is that is going to be the best game of the, of the weekend. Be, for sure. And it, it's, it's the Sunday night game. Um, it's Sunday night so it's going to be cold, too. It's going to be cold, but <laughs> it, it's the primetime Sunday slate uh, slated game. So, and, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be the best one. Yeah, and if Patrick Mahomes gets any kind of support from his receivers, oh. it's bound to be a good game. Yeah, but and it's like I said, watching him in the playoffs is almost like watching Brady in the playoffs. Yeah, Brady would have a good regular season, but back in back in the day, who would always own the regular season? Peyton Manning. This is like the Peyton Manning and Brady type situation. Can Josh Allen get out of that Peyton Manning comparison and actually, you know, perform in the playoffs Better. like Brady used to and get that stigma of Mahomes being the Brady of this generation, you know, yeah. on him. Yeah. And to that point, I think Joe Burrow has already eclipsed that because Cincinnati can well, at least when he was healthy and they were in the playoffs, they could hang with Kansas City no problem because he had the weapons and yeah. they certainly had the quarterback to make it happen. And I think that narrative with Buffalo is, well, outside of Stephon Diggs, 
Who does Josh Gabe, Allen really have? Gabe Davis is a bad receiver, and um, Kincaid, their uh, their tight end is pretty solid too. But the, this year, more than ever, who does Mahomes have besides Kelsey? I mean, you got Valdez Scantling out there dropping touchdown passes that would win a game earlier in the season against mm-hmm. Philadelphia. You got uh, Rashi Rice, who speedster, but has margarine on his gloves. I mean. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be too critical, but it's like Mahomes has got to get some help. Yeah. You, you mentioned it. And if he can get that, I said it earlier, and, you know, I, I missed one uh, really bad saying Dallas could get there. But Oh, yeah, you we, took we, a we, huge we, whiff with that we one. Won't even, <laughs> we won't even bring that up. But I, I do think Kansas City can still get to the Super Bowl. Very good. We're going to leave it there. So until the next episode, thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, you can catch us on Queen City Podcast Network, Spotify, SoundCloud, and of course our website, thecharlottepost.com, where you can see all of our work, not just on the sports side, but news, features, even some arts and entertainment stuff. We're even thinking about trying to get into some food there a little bit. We've been talking about it all morning. <laughs> and we're going to probably pick that conversation up as soon as we're done here. But for everybody at the Charlotte Post, That's Cameron. I'm Herb. Thanks for listening. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.